about the Messi thing? Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This Messi thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Joe, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, some... to episode... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, welcome, everybody, to episode number 81 of the Battered Herons podcast, special midnight edition of the Better Herons podcast. As you can tell, this is not Chris with us. He is having some issues with his internet. So while he tries to figure it out, Joe was kind enough because we were texting back and forth throughout the game to join us to let us know what he felt because I, I believe what you were about to say is you needed some blood pressure medication. Yeah, I don't know how anybody watching that game could be going to bed right now. Like, no, no just way. Adren- like Dallas, Miami, neutral. Like, I tell you what, this game had everything, right? Like truly everything. Well, and you heard the messy chance. You did, I, right? And you it went back and forth, it. right? You had like FC Dallas chance. You had messy chance. You had this is our house chance. But what you didn't have, right, were salty, uh, bitter uh, chance uh, in the stands, right. right? So I think you had some good spirited fun um, at the end of the game. Well, I, I guess we could start with that. I said before the game, there's three possible outcomes for every Inter-Miami game, right? They either <laughs> cheated to win. If they lose, it's because they lost despite the referees trying to help them win, or they lost because the referees no longer helped them. But I don't think that there's anything to say. Like, what did you think? Because for those that don't know, Joe is a, a FC Dallas fan, right? So right. is there are there any calls that you would have said, you know what, you guys probably got the benefit of that call? No, I mean, the only one that I think was a little... It's not iffy. I'm going to go on the record and say it's not iffy. But the only one I was texting you about was the very first goal that Messi scored, right? Where jo- where Joseph was... Um, well, like, yeah. yeah. And so and there was an some debate position. about, like, right, right. Was was he obstructing the view or not? And so on the replay, you can see that he wasn't, right? Like, Poss was able to see all of it. But I think that's right. something where earlier in the season, Dallas had a couple of those calls where um, it did actually go against dallas and it was a little like nuanced but that's the only one all the rest of them were pretty straightforward like i don't think there were any controversial calls chris you're back (laughs) i am back yes yeah thank you for having me on the program uh, yeah no no thank you for that thank you for taking the time to join us i I know it's a it's a late night uh chris i mean what are your thoughts on the game like this is the first time look i'm gonna show you how excited my wife and i got jumping around I don't know if this is visible on the camera. Oh, you clearly can't see. But I have a cut on my arm from where I was scratched by this crazy woman. Uh, you can't see it. But she scratched me, not on purpose, but because she was celebrating and jumping up so much that she scratched me and she made me bleed. But it was it was insane in this household. And I'm sure for most people listening, it was insane, insane across Miami for anybody that's into Miami fan. And I mean, for you guys also, because when you guys took that 4-2 lead, I'm sure that in Dallas, it was mayhem also. Yeah. No, I got to say one thing from a Dallas perspective, right? Velasco showed up today and it was obvious he wanted to show up for Messi, which I don't mind, right? That's the that's the Velasco that we bought uh, before last season. That's the Velasco that dominated MLS last year. So I was excited to see him back, but he did get gassed. And when he went out, you saw the shift, right? So a combination of Velasco coming out, you've got Campana and Kremeshi coming in that shifts the tonal balance of 
of the field. And at that point, we did look like we were just kind of holding on. And I'll say this, Farfan is going to take a lot of flack from the Dallas side, but I fully believe even if Farfan doesn't get that in, right? And Messi goes and gets his free kick against 4-3, I still feel like Miami finds one more to tie it up. It just, that's where the momentum was going. And that's, you could feel it, right? It was Dallas, but then it shifted firmly into Miami's side. Did you I, say... I, I want to mention something here real quick. Uh, and I don't know if you have anything lined up. Uh, can you guys hear me good? You can hear me pretty yes, decently? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, because um, Rob Wise is mentioning here that Benja should be back in the starting 11 immediately. I don't know if I'm okay with knee jerking by saying that, but I 1,000% believe so because uh, what's this guy, Diego? He looked Gomez, like he didn't huh? even know. Diego Gomez looked like he didn't know where to be on the pitch. He had no idea where he should have been. I mean, he just got here, so I get it. But you you can carry on now, Danny. I'm sorry. No, no, and, and that's fine. And I, I think that unfortunately for him, and I feel really bad for him because I think he was put in a tough yeah. spot by, by getting that starting spot right off the bat. But I think he was put in a tough spot, and he's he's almost playing outside of himself. He's trying to almost prove himself, and he, he just he doesn't look good. Was I surprised that Benja didn't start? I wasn't. I think I told you guys last episode that I thought that Diego's were probably going to start this game just because Benja necessarily hasn't looked great either. I, I, I'm not saying he's looked bad, but I didn't think he looks great either. But the game did change today when he got on the pitch. And he made a difference. Him and Campana changed that flow, especially Benja, because I got to give him even more credit because he was yeah. making the, the very creative movements in the final third where Diego Gomez wasn't, and he was creating space. He was fine. Like, I thought Benj, Ben Krem, as Chris calls him, Ben Krem had a, a great game, and I think that it was fitting that he got to put the nail in the coffin with the final goal. And let me tell you something. When he was walking up for that fifth goal, I thought to myself, why put all this pressure on the 18-year-old? But yeah. when it works out, it ended up being beautiful. Yeah, of course. I mean, are you kidding me? Ben Krem with the, with the sealer? Right, you had the the older Argentine with the first one. You had Ben Krem, the younger Argentine, just sealing it off. Which I knew that that I forgot who it was that that blew that kick. The moment I saw him step back so far, I said, "This kid's gonna blow a fifty yarder for yeah, sure." Was, it was Pomacall. Yeah, you could tell when he came on, he's still recovering from being out injured because he's still he went up maybe eighty percent speed. Like you could yeah. see um, when he was out in the open, he was getting caught or he couldn't catch up. And yeah, to your point, Chris, when he backed up, it's like, oh, he's aiming for the he's aiming for that truck in the in the background. What he's aiming for is a, is a starting kicker position for the Dallas Cowboys. That's well, what I hear they're looking for. right. They're, yeah, looking they're always listen. They're always looking. OK. So what did you guys think was the issue to start off? Because the, the first half, first of all, the first Three minutes, you guys should have had probably two goals. Yep. And and the first half overall, Dallas outplayed Miami. Yeah. I felt like Miami just couldn't get anything going in the midfield. We we had no defensive midfield. I felt like everybody mm -hmm. was just pushing up. Our fullbacks were high up. And it, it looked like it was a, a, a track track meet over and over again. It was just and a lot of people are killing Kristoff. Okay, Kristoff isn't that great. He's not fast. You overrated you him yourself, okay? You That's what I just said. Yeah, but you but, but, know you but he, fell in love with you fell in love with him. Was he not playing well when he masses. first got here? He was he was he was, was he okay. not playing well? Shut up. He was, okay. he was playing he was playing fine. But for the position that they put him in, 
pushing up so high. I think he did a pretty good job getting back. His old ass, he looks like he's 76. He he put effort and he got back on a lot of those plays. And on that one, um, was it the first? It was the second goal that was on in the transition where he, he caught up to Ferreira up inside the box. Unfortunately, you know, he ended up scoring anyway. Not Ferreira. Um, I forgot. What was the kid's name, uh, Joe, that, that scored? The, uh, the one that everybody was, was talking about drooling Kamongo, over. Or are you talking about Velasco? Kamongo. Which one? Kamongo. 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 Yeah, yeah. Everybody was drooling over this kid before the game started about his like background story or whatnot. Yeah. So on that They goal, mentioned it like 74 times too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 77, because that, that's the number he wears on the on the pitch, there right? So they had to put 77 so, times. No. Christoph, <laughs> I thought, although didn't have the best game, I thought that he was busting his butt trying to get back on some of those transition plays. And I mean, let's, let's be honest. Our defense, our the talent we have on our defense isn't equipped to kind of cover up. What, what, Chris just disappeared. To <laughs> To defend in those situations. I'm working because, there. I'm working there. Because we have because we have no speed on our defense. So yeah. I think that, that the way we were pushing up is, is pretty dangerous. And obviously, we got caught on the transition constantly say, this game. I'll say this. So for the first half, I think what worked well in Dallas's favor is exactly the thing I've been complaining about that I complained about the last show, meaning Velasco was moved centrally. And in my mind, I thought he was moved centrally due to the fact that we had too many injuries in the middle of the pitch. So we had an overabundance of wingers. You got Kamongo, you got Obreon, which I texted Daniel, the O and Obreon scenes for offsides because that's how many times uh, that's all he's been good for for Dallas. I mean, no, no offense, right? He has scored some goals, but mostly he's offsides. Um, and then we got on site, you know, we got a bunch of wingers and Velasco and Ariola as well, but Velasco's moved centrally. And I didn't feel felt like moving him back deeper in the pitch, letting him see more of the ball hasn't really worked. But in this game, it did. He was dictating the tempo of the pitch. He was winning the one-on-one -on -one battles. He was spraying it out to Camungo and Obreon and Ferreira should have had multiple goals and he didn't. He overthought the one touch where Kamal Miller caught up to him, right? Oh, like he overthought yeah, that, that was, badly. That was crazy. I, I don't know what's going on with Ferreira lately, but ever since like the 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 Nations League and the Gold Cup, like that break, he's just kind of been mentally not quite as there as he was like last year. So, but that's that that I think was what helped Dallas was Velasco dictating the pitch, and then when he left, obviously you lose that spark, and then that hole was filled by Kramashi right coming on and then and then of course Messi is always there was anybody else surprised seeing Kamal Miller our the slowest player on the pitch I don't I think he's slower than Christoph I don't care what you say playing a two-man game right up top the 18 and then cutting into the box on a through ball trying to catch up to it like what is he doing up there like that's how high we are playing that Kamal Miller is receiving passes inside the box how are we not going to get caught on the transition? And I, I saw a comment here that says once Avilis is here, Thomas Avilis, that hopefully this week he gets here, he'll be end up, he'll end up taking Kristoff's position. So we'll get some speed back there. But that was that was pretty tough to watch. That was hundred percent tough to watch. Chris, yeah, I'm killing you for your camera. <laughs> listen, I, I'm listen. I'm literally holding it with my arm. I don't have like a selfie stick. And I'm still trying to steal the neighbor's internet. Okay. <laughs> so Chris, do, are you all right? Guys. Do we need to go fund me for you? Like what, uh, what's going on? If you can contact AT&T and tell them to send me the damn box quicker. Cause it just exploded on me today. 
No. Well, I mean, I'm exactly exploded faster than unfortunately Dallas's chances in the PK. I would say that is correct. Yes, yes, but it should be here in two days, so I could live without internet for a couple of days. Were you guys? So the game was three one, and I remember I I I texted Joe. I was like, "Give me a second. I I'm going to try to lean this on something." Go for it. I, I I thought that this game was was out of our hands. I thought that you guys had it, and you told me still too much time. And then we tie the game, and then Robert Taylor goes and does that own goal. I want to come out and say, and, and I don't think many people did this, but I just want to be sure to put this out there. Robert Taylor deserves no blame on that. No. I think that he, when you look back, he was the only one that was out in the final third that busted his behind to get back to that play. I think that's more on Drake. Drake was caught sleeping. I don't know why he just let that just roll by him. Now, I I love Drake, but man, that was way more on Drake than it was on Robert Taylor. It felt like he thought there was a, it it looked like he thought something was happening, right? Like there was a whistle, there was going to be a a flag. Like it looked like he was (laughs) waiting for something, which you never want to do as a goalie, right? Is wait for something. Poss made a save um, when it, the shot that was off sides, I forget exactly where it was but i think it was near the end of the first half um and then uh pos makes the save and they end up calling i think it was either joseph or, or messy offsides and that was something where i was i was telling my wife i was like look this is something where like yeah it's offsides but you don't want to leave that to chance like you if you can make the save you make it and then you let the ref make the call afterwards sure. right don't don't leave anything up for debate chris were you blaming your boy robert taylor when he hit that on goal no, not at all. I mean, this guy had to run a track meet all the way from one side of the field and, to the and other. He was the I only mean, one that did it. Listen, you could literally, and I don't know if you saw from the notes I wrote, you could literally tell that the the, the worst part of our team were, were our center backs. And, the, and, and Dallas knew how to attack the center backs at full, like, at full capacity. And so the fact that you have Robert Taylor kind of running back all the way from the other side of the field to try to recover, and then unfortunately Drake just in instinct couldn't be able to recover and 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 save it. I don't think it had anything to do with with uh, with Taylor. And, and to be fair, to our Jordy Alba and Yedlin push up so. This is this yeah. is what I think we're gonna have to start getting used to. Before we actually saw Tata's and his tactics and everything. We had Tommy one time, right? The, he's an Atlanta United, Atlanta United supporter, right? So he's seen Tata, and he told us yeah. he's really, really aggressive. He pushes up mm-hmm. very high, and that's fine. But we got to start getting used to these having to get back on transition defense because this is going to be a common theme for us. Because if we're just going to be pushing that high, we're going to be caught on the counter consistently. And if we don't have speed at center back, which hopefully Thomas Avilas Avilas kind of helps us with. And maybe Dixon Arroyo staying back because Busquets isn't staying back. Busquets is pushing up just as high as Messi sometimes. So I, I'm not sure what we're going to do. But if, if that's the case, we're going to be ca- being caught on these counters consistently through, throughout the rest of the season, at least. Well, well I mean, and, oh, and, go ahead, Chris. No, I'm sorry, Joe. This was a game of counters, mm-hmm. especially in the first half. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me, Joe, but that, that's kind of what I saw, at least in the first half, no? Yeah. 
No, 100%. And then you could even hear Taylor Twelman on commentary with when Taylor came back. He was like, look, nobody is tracking back. Taylor's completely off screen and then comes yeah. way in. And it's just, you know, it's just an unfortunate, an unfortunate poke. But yeah, no, absolutely game of counters. And I got to say, I got to get, I want to give a shout out to my favorite player on Dallas, which is a center back in Kosi Tafari, big tall dude with bleach blonde hair, right? Plays every game with the nose ring. Like uh, that's ballsy to me, right? Like I wouldn't want to be is. playing with the nose ring, right? Um, but I tell you what, he um, he had a couple of great saves, right? There was one where Messi chipped Poss. Poss was flapping his arms oh, and yeah. Tafari was right there at the back post because he knew, he knew Messi was going to go there. And so he heads it out. <sighs> And then he takes the blast to the face from Messi. And he pops right back up, and Messi comes over. And is like, "You're you're all right. You you okay?" <laughs> right. Um, and then Tafari was on the mic where people were interviewing him about what are you going to do to Mark Messi? And he's like, "Look, you guys didn't even know my name before five minutes ago, and now you're asking how I'm going to mark the greatest player in the history of the sport." And he said, "Look, I don't care if it's my mom, my grandma, or Messi. I'm going to mark them all the same." So. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I saw that interview and he says, and that's the only reason you interview me, but that's fair. And right. I, I really like that. Yeah, he's like, I get it. I get it. So I respect that. Uh, and then one thing I did want to bring up, two, two things actually, before we start going over just in order of kind of the time, the timetable of the game. One thing, everybody's talking about the messy treatment, right? He's getting all these calls, supposedly. You can't touch him. Let me tell you something. If that's happening. It's happening at the expense of Busquets. They must have said, okay, we'll give Messi all the calls, but Busquets isn't getting anything because he's getting cleated once a game at least and not even a foul is being called because he took a dirty one. I don't know. It wasn't intentional, but he took a pretty nasty one at the beginning of this game and yeah. not even a foul was called. And the same thing happened against Orlando. I, I feel bad for this guy, Busquets. He's not getting the Messi treatment at all. Well, that doesn't help. I mean, and on top of that, you would think that, uh, and he's like so tall, right? Like if, when he gets attacked at his legs, it looks like a tree is just crumbling down. And so I look at him fall and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is done. There's no way he's getting back up from that. Right, Joe? Yeah. I, um, I also wonder, is he like part vampire too? Cause he looks a little like anemic just a bit. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he has such strength, right, and such precision, Probably. and can play so late, right? Is he's just a vampire? I mean, you never know. But yes, yes he. I do. Dan, you know, Daniel. To your point, I do think like he's he's get he's the one that's sort of like taking all the the challenges and taking all the the brute force, not getting the calls. And then Chris, yeah, anytime that Busquets gets challenged, I'm like, look out, everybody, like, timber, like, yes. watch out. <laughs> so, all right. So, I guess I, let's start in order. So, game started, right? Hot as hell. A lot of Messi fans out there. You can see the Argentina and Barcelona jerseys everywhere. Messi chance start. And obviously, Dallas starts off hot. I was worried, but then it kind of, when that goal got called back, it reminded me of the Atlanta game. Because the same mm -hmm. thing happened with Atlanta. First two minutes, they score, it, get, it gets called back. And then Messi responds like a couple minutes later, and we're off to the races. Same thing happened here. Six minute, Messi scores. I'm like, oh, this might be Atlanta all over again. It wasn't. I mean, high scoring, yes, but it wasn't. Yes. But it, it, it felt that way at first, but then Dallas really buckled down. Yeah, I, I, think, I don't think I got. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. Before I ask, I was just gonna say, I think when we got that goal, that goal called back, I was worried because I've seen multiple instances this season where we start out. We're looking promising. We have a call go against us for whatever reason. And then we just kind of like fall back like 
like throwing up our hands basically like, oh, all right, well, people are out against us. And that's where I've said Ferreira has looked a little lost in those instances is it's felt this year. It felt last year he was playing for a World Cup spot, right? This year it feels like he's playing, to, I don't know, for a move or something, but he just, if something doesn't go quite right, he just kind of is out of it after that. So I was worried, and especially when Messi gets the goal, right? Gets the goal in the sixth minute. I was like, all right, here we go. But to the credit, of Alan Velasco, he picked the team up and said, let's go. I got it. I got the keys. Yep. I'm driving. Let me cook. Watch. So. Well, and one of the points I wanted to make, and, and I don't know if we're going to get to it, Danny. I know you were kind of walking through some of the game. Because, yeah. um, and a lot of people are, are, a lot of people are starting to bring up, you know, about Taylor out of position. Taylor wasn't effective. Let me tell you guys something. Um, but they're yeah, right, yeah, though. Go ahead. No, and they oh, are right. I mean. I mean, look, he scored a goal in every game that Messi has played with him, right? So, obviously, everybody's looking at him as this Di Maria 2.0. He has one game where he doesn't score a goal. He's not jumping off the face of the earth. All right, guys, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But, I, am I wrong, Danny? No, 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 you're not wrong. He, he, But I think that what ended up happening today, and, and, you know, in the chat, you could tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think Jordi Alba's presence on that left side kind of diminished Robert Taylor's production because Robert Taylor was was manning that side, that left flank by himself up top. Jordi yeah. Alba started going and doing those over uh, overlapping runs, and it, it was basically his side. And Robert Taylor kind of got lost in that mix. To be honest with you, Robert Taylor was basically a ghost in that game. I didn't really notice him all that much. And yes, I understand statistically, you think about the goals and the assists, the first couple of games, but today it, he just, he didn't have an impact at all, in my opinion. And I don't, I'm not saying that he's crap or anything. I, I still think that he's, he's a productive player, but I do think that the fact that Jordi Alba was there, it did diminish his role a bit because Jordi Alba now was the one making those crosses into the box and making those overlapping runs, connecting with Messi. And I, so I think that it's going to get take some getting used to Robert Taylor now having to deal with him because before, who did he have playing behind him? Noah Allen. Noah Allen wasn't contributing very much offensively, but Jordi Alba will. Jordi Alba will consistently contribute offensively, and Robert Taylor is going to have to – there's going to be some type of adjustment there. Well, and I think, I think one of the biggest things that I noticed is that – and they did this a couple times in the game where you had, you'd seen Jordi Alba take it uh and and cross it but on the ground towards the middle right he's not air crossing it he's crossing it towards the middle on the ground yeah, a low cross right yeah a low cross and they did that like about three four times and after the second time i said "Ooh, it looks like they've been practicing that a little bit so that could be affecting i guess robert taylor's uh, i guess i guess his role but uh, one thing that you can't discount is that busquets is linking up with these players is critical and the fact that i mean dallas i don't know what they were doing on defense but i know that they had to have game plan something to be able to take away the effect that busquets has in the game you could see you could see dallas so i would echo i would agree i felt like alba's presence completely removed taylor's impact uh in this game so i think that's going to need a little bit of uh, adjustment from a miami side because you want to get the post the most out of both of those players a hundred percent um and i would say from a defensive standpoint you just saw consistently i saw dallas stepping to busquets like 
right almost right before he got the ball there's a couple of instances where you could just see a, a little bit of a nudge or a little bit of a shoulder or in one case a pretty stiff challenge right um just to try and diminish that lane because it felt like dallas's plan was to take out the support structure for Messi without going towards Messi because you go towards Messi you're getting cards you're getting calls right I mean that's just you know that that's going to happen so don't go towards Messi put a presence but don't go to Messi go to the support because if you can't pass to anyone eventually you're going to get the ball back and and counter and we saw that happen the first half yeah well we got that early goal and didn't do too much after that but then after that you guys scored in the 37th minute, which is the Facundo Quinone goal, which uh, remind me that was the that was not the fast break, was it? No, the uh, fast break was Camongo, I believe. Quinone, yes. I was actually impressed with Quinone. He kept his temper or his flailing arms in check, and he didn't pick up the card that I expected him to pick up. He was a lot more disciplined, um, and he he got a. a good uh a good goal in that 37th minute but the kamungo goal i i got it i know people talking about his story because it's a good one but kamungo's goal at that tight angle he's still a little raw in some moments you saw him sky a couple chances but when he's on he, a lot of his goals have been sort of those really intricate blasts so you can tell if he gets a little bit more development he's gonna make almost all of those chances instead of like kind of one in three which is where he's at right now and that Kavongo goal was that 45th minute goal that was right. off of a Yedling cross where yes. he was basically on the touchline on the other side. He crossed it in and they were off to the races. And that's it was basically one-on-one. Christoph somehow kept up with Ferreira. I'm not sure how. That's why I'm giving Christoph credit. Although he's slow and he may not be that great, I thought that he put forth effort, right? He didn't give up on that play. And then he, he uh, Ferreira laid it off to Kavongo and he got that tight spot. Now, what I was frustrated with is that the type, the spot was very tight. And then Arroyo and Kristoff were basically covering the same space. And I, th- I felt like Kristoff could have gone and covered that 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 tight spot that he actually scored in. But um, there you go, Chris. Uh, but um, it, it, he, I guess he was playing it safe just in case he tried to cross it. So it was, it was definitely a frustrating end of the first half, but entertaining all the less. At the end of the first half, Joe, as an FC Dallas supporter, were you feeling confident at that point? I am a like OG Dallas fan. I'm never feeling confident. I still remember <laughs> being up in the 2010 MLS Cup final and losing spectacularly in extra time. Like that one still burns, right? So, um, no, I don't burn. Th- I mean, whew, right? Burn, baby, burn. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I, we could be have won the championship heading home, right? cracking open a beer about to go to bed and then i still would be like well maybe i feel confident now right like that's how non-confident i am my wife was like well game feels good i'm heading to bed and so i'm gonna have to like let her know in the morning like well so about that she didn't finish it no oh my she, she did oh. say she was like i'm gonna go to bed now because if they lose i won't be able to go to bed and if they win right it's like it's too exciting like can't go to bed so i'm just like all right it's fair right but uh, but no, I would say I felt more confident in how we were playing. And I felt like if Velasco continues this play, we're going to be in a good spot. And you saw that when he got that free kick goal uh, around the 60, was it 61st minute, I think. So right at that hour mark. And I thought Lejet got a toe to it right at first. And then, no, he just provided the kind of the screen. And then the it distraction. just went, yeah, it just went right in. 
Listen, I knew well, the moment. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, Joe. The moment that I saw Messi step up for that free kick, I just said, it, this whole game is over. This yes. whole game. Anything can happen after that. Unicorns can literally fly onto the yeah. field. <laughs> and Messi is going to win this game just yes. because he makes this free kick. The moment I saw that go in, I said, game over. Next series. Well, b- before that goal, Farfan had our own goal, right? Because at that point, yeah, you got where four two right, and then um, no, it was three two. So Velasco scored to make it three one, and then that's when Kremeshi came in, got that beautiful right, that beautiful goal uh, in the sixty fifth minute that made it three two, which was an assist by Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba ended up having yep. two assists, which is why he Robert Taylor was not effective because Jordi Alba was the one feeding the ball into the box. Now, yep, that far fine own goal, it looked. Absolutely horrible. Like, I'm not sure what he was trying to do with it. Well, this it is what, I, this is what I imagine. Yes, yes. This is what I imagine. He looks up to Messi. All his life, he's wanted to play with Messi. This was his chance to get a ball from Messi, connect with it, with his head, and see the ball hit the back of the net. I don't care what you say. In the future, he's going to tell his grandkids that he got a goal off of a Messi cross. That's what I. He, that's the story I'm telling. I mean, he literally headed it in, right? Like, yeah, he wasn't trying to go. He over thumped the it goal. in. Yeah, like, no, he that literally was, aimed. There was for the center of that goal. It I was think there was a power else. behind it. I truly believe oh, he. So Farfan hasn't started right the last little bit because he's had he's had different injuries or he's been in and out of the lineup. So I was a bit surprised to see him start. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's if there's a trade see. tomorrow, right? Then I'll be suspicious. Yeah. No, um, but the uh, well, Farfan can defend, so maybe maybe there is some credence. There you go. <laughs> um, but I would say, um, so I was a bit surprised to see him start over Junkwa, who had who had been starting at left back for him. So when Farfan came on, Farfan's usually defending in that space, but he's a bit further out, right? So you you usually see him more far post. So when he does head it, he heads it out, right? And so I think. He, for whatever reason, didn't realize he was closer to the net. And I think the heat and the not playing or I think there was a lot of factors that went into it. And he just like muscle memory was like thump it in and was like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong space. It is the messy like for for real, though. I think you get players (laughs) that just overthink things. Right. Um, And I saw I will say I saw a comment a moment ago. In the chat where someone was asking about did Velasco getting subbed off kill the game? Yeah, no, absolutely it did. And I think that's the risk you run is that you want to leave him. Ideally, you leave Velasco in because of how much he's dominating the game. But you also understand he's starting to get gassed because he's not used to having this much of the ball for this long in this heat this season. There's a lot of adjustments. So you're trying to balance it and you hope that bringing in Pomacall and bringing in Insama Lang is going to help from a defensive shape, lock it in. But you also know, like, you're going up against Messi. I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot, right? So, yeah, bringing Velasco off definitely killed it. I did want to bring up real quick that own goal from Robert Taylor. Actually, before I do, if you're watching this, please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, Listen, I'm one, I'm doing this show. I typically do it from a nice camera with a nice microphone, and I connected my phone. Make sure you guys use that thumb, scroll up and down, boom, 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 like, subscribe, all that good stuff. 
and, and just and for anybody in the chat, I'm sorry. Yes. Chris usually handles the chat. I've been trying my best to keep up with it, but I'm really bad. I'm gonna, at it, I'm, gonna, so. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And Joe, so. tell him where to find you too. Okay. Yeah. So who am I? Right. So I am. You talk about I'm a lifelong Dallas fan, but I also run a sports history podcast about the Miami Fusion, the OG club uh, in MLS that took place in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Right. So it's called 25 for 25. The story of the Miami Fusion from those who lived. It's an oral history of the podcast. Um, So uh, 25 for 25, anywhere you listen to podcasts and then at Miami Fusion pod on Instagram and Facebook. And then I'm detox Joe D T A L K S Joe on Twitter. And, um, I'm, I've had a blast doing this. So I'm going to be doing more and more, uh, sports history stuff, specifically MLS history, uh, stuff. And there's a cool, uh, live recording and Miami fusion reunion on Friday, October 6th, at Mickey Byron's Hollywood, uh, Mickey Byron's Irish pub in Hollywood, Florida. So eight to nine 30, we're doing the recording the reunion. And after that, we're just drinking and having a good time until they kick us out. So it'll be a good time. All right. Sounds enough like plugs. A fun time. And we'll, and we'll be there. So that'll be That's a fun right. time. Yeah. All right, so that own goal, that ended up – what led to that transition was Joseph, um, he tried to get a foul call, I guess, didn't get it, but Busquets and Messi both threw up their arms, and it looked like everybody just stopped playing except for Dallas, Christoph, Miller, and Yedlin. That was it, and then Robert Taylor eventually. Now, did you guys get a good look at that? Did you guys think it was a foul? Did Joseph get fouled there? When I saw the play, because I mean, there was it, a VAR. It, they, they they checked it on the VAR. When they were checking the goal, they weren't checking if the goal was right, uh, good. They were checking to see if there was a foul. And and I, I would like to put this out there for the MLS conspiracy theorists that said that Messi and Inter Miami is going to get every call. If they were going to get every call, I promise you, they would have gotten that call. Game. Yeah, because that goal could have been the nail in the coffin at that point. So yeah. if there was a conspiracy about them trying to get Miami to win, that would have been it. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you know, I, I tell you, the, the refs, they really did a good job in swallowing the the whistle this game. They let a lot of stuff go by. So mm-hmm. and, and in that context, just looking at how the game was playing out, I tell you that I guess it was it was good not to call it. But I mean, it could have been it could have been called either way. So. So I think. Right. So I'll say this. I think Miami wins. Right. So I think maybe people are a little bit okay with it not being called. Right. Miami loses. I think it's a different discussion. I will say, um, yeah, we're not whiners. No, 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 no. no. It's not not like this is an Orlando podcast, right? Or anything. (laughs) Um, There's no lion masks. (laughs) None of that. Is it Mickey Mouse FC? Right. No. No, Um, So. It was definitely, Ibiaga definitely stepped hard to Joseph, right? So I definitely think it was a pretty stiff challenge, but it was one of those where the ref makes a decision in that moment. And and to Chris's point, had made the decision earlier in the game. You're either going to start calling things and tighten it up, or you know you've got two teams that are putting on a show and are wanting to just go, and you want to let them play. I think the ref made the decision. It wasn't so severe that I felt it was worth calling. So... I'm going to let it go and I'm going to let them play. And I think yeah. that was the it's subjectivity. I think on the VAR call, it wasn't like to 12, Taylor Twelman made a point where he was like, it's not so clear and obvious that it's like absolutely going to be called. It was like subjective and left up to the ref's discretion. And I think the ref, like again, to Chris's point earlier in the match made the decision. I'm going to let both of these teams just hit the gas and play. 
and then we'll see, you know, let the better team win at the end of the day. There was a sequence there where my wife is like, I feel like I'm watching like indoor soccer because it was really messy, no pun intended, where it was just like people falling over and just like the ball was just ping-ponging back for a solid 30 seconds. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But it, it was, I thought, a very aggressive game. The rest were, were letting them play, which I love. I love that they did that. And um, I, I'm glad that it went the way it did. Look, Busquets, and, and somebody mentioned earlier, Busquets got fouled a lot this match. We brought this up maybe like 10, 15 minutes ago. Busquets isn't getting the Messi treatment. If Messi's getting preferential treatment, it's at the cost of Busquets because he's not getting any calls. But that's neither here nor there. Now, when Robert Taylor got moved to the right side. I had some people saying that he moved to right wing. I thought that he moved to right back, right? Yedlin got subbed off. He fell into right back because Robert Taylor is the Swiss army knife. They plug him in just about everywhere. That was it. That was it. That was it. Go ahead, Danny. Sorry. I was going to say that he looked better in those last 10, 15 minutes in the open right side without Jordi Alba going ahead and doing those overlapping runs where he had space to move. He's the one that drew the foul for Messi to hit that free kick goal. Once Robert Taylor has space, that's why he's been so good since Messi's arrived because that side of the field has opened up for him. It was no longer open when he had Jordi Alba overlapping him because now he had more defenders to deal with. He didn't have as much room to move. But on the right side, Messi moves into the middle all the time. Robert Taylor had room to move. And I thought, like I said, that's where he drew that foul. I think Robert Taylor, if Jordi Alba is going to keep pushing the ball up as much as he is, I think they should move Robert Taylor over to the right side. Now, I don't know how that works with Messi since he's technically the right wing or whatnot. And maybe that doesn't happen. But, and, and it, maybe it's just one game and they'll figure it out. But I think Robert Taylor is going to have a hard time adjusting with Jordi Alba over there on the left side. I honestly, I didn't think that he got moved to right wing back or right back. He was a little bit more forward. It was it was Arroyo that ended up. I, I, let me see who mentioned it here. Uh, Tank is. I think it is Bruno. Okay, we're gonna leave it at Tank. All right, and uh, yeah, I mean he's he mentioned that he went to right center back. I mean he went to right wing because that's what happens when Robbie Robinson gets on the pitch. For some reason they switch over so that way they can give Robbie Robinson some opportunities or whatever. But I, I think they just hit him a little bit more. I just think that his performance wasn't great. I mean, just for for different reasons. And uh, Arroyo ended up playing the right back. So I don't think that he played like a back position when Robbie Robinson came in. I just thought that they hit him a little bit more. Well, they, they hit him more because he had time on the ball, right? He had he had time on the ball. He had time to move with the ball. He wasn't yeah, getting that yeah. on the left side. Yeah, yeah. What, what I, did you see, Joe? Well, I was just going to say, I saw, uh, not to, this is tangentially related to what we're talking about, but I saw someone in the comments, talk, or multiple people have, have talked about, bench Joseph, Joseph didn't do anything, don't start Joseph. I, I actually disagree with that, right? So one thing that I think, Ooh. what I well, here's what I think, right? So I think Joseph, once Messi has started playing, right, Joseph has started coming alive, and they talked about, like, Joseph kind of plays up to who he's playing with, historically, and I think what Joseph does do is he draws attention and focus typically, which allows Messi and Busquets and others to get in and work the magic. I don't know. I feel like Joseph knows to, how to play that role. I don't know if any of the other options will know how to play that role with Messi in the same way. Now tonight, yeah. I don't think Joseph did as good of a job as he historically does because it felt like 
Dallas was scouting for that a bit more. So instead of going to Joseph, they still stepped in, but they stepped more. That's where they stepped more to Busquets and just was like, we yeah. understand what you're trying to do. We're not going to fall for it. We're going to keep compact. We're going to keep organized with our back four. But I do think against other teams, you saw it against Atlanta, right? You've seen it against Cruz Azul. You saw it against uh, Orlando. I think Joseph knows the role to play to help Messi unlock Messi, Busquets, et cetera, and Taylor, right? To unlock these these teams. So it'll be interesting. They're playing um, the winner of Charlotte Houston, right? Yes. And At God, home. I hope, I hope it's Probably Houston and Friday. I hope... I hope it's a shellacking because if there's one thing I can't stand is H happy Houston fan. I just can't stand it. <laughs> oh, well, well, and and I want to mention something here. Mike V says Joseph is a hack brother. That's that. Look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think, Joe. And we were, wa I was watching the game here. My wife, my mother-in-law, even my freaking daughter, they love Campana. Okay. And it's, that's Campapi. And For obvious he's finally reasons. Got, yeah, I mean, no, he's a good soccer player, all right? Let's leave yeah, it at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, but my wife okay, was let's... excited when he came onto the pitch also, so whatever. Of course, because his hair flows <laughs> in the air, right? Yeah, it does. For sure, it for does. Sure. <laughs> and so uh, I think the problem is, is that other than what? Other than a penalty kick, has Joseph scored other than a penalty kick, Danny, if you remember? I mean, no, but other than that. But he's had some, some – look, he's contributed a lot in the way that the offense has flowed. Like his I pace Alex, plays better. And, no, and his, his, he links up well with Messi and with Robert Taylor. Yes, like yes. he him and he makes those. Don't remember we, we were killing him for those dummy for those dummy passes, right? Where he kind of just lets the ball go yes. by him, and but then there's nobody on the other side that can finish. So we're like, dude, just take it yourself. But the Barcelona guys love that now, kind right? of stuff. Yeah, like it works now. Today, yes, maybe he wasn't great, but I do think that he's played decent for what they're asking him to do he links up well with Messi. technically just based off of the skill he is better than campana with a technique he can pass back and forth with Messi and with uh with with, with uh, robert taylor now campana i think is a better target inside the box he's a better finisher in my opinion so it really depends on what you're looking for and i think what Messi likes to play with is almost like a false nine yeah. Because Messi can finish inside the box. He, he he isn't your typical 10, so he doesn't need a typical 9. So I think that that's why they like Joseph. But with all that being said, I wouldn't mind seeing Campana out there a little more. I want to see what he can do as a big target for Messi and Robert Taylor and Jordi Alba now that can cross the ball into him. I, I would be a bit worried to me. And Chris, sorry, I know you're about to say something. I'll pass it yeah, down go here ahead, a second. Go ahead, go ahead. I worry that... Unless there's sort of clear direction, I worry that Campana will sort of step on the toes or step into the lanes of some of these other players. It doesn't feel like Joseph is getting in the way. It feels more like a compliment. I do agree. I like Campana and what he brings is a different element. There need there will need. I think Tata needs a bit more time with Campana before I I as a as a uh, you know outside Miami fan would feel comfortable seeing Campana start over Joseph. But that's uh, that's my take, Chris. Well, how about you? You know, you know, I, I I agree with what you're saying because I feel like I feel like um, I feel like the experience for Joseph pays off better because he has a little bit more patience for the kind of ball that Tata wants to play, the kind of ball that the guys like Messi and Busquets want to play, and I feel like um, I feel like Campana is just a little bit a little bit. Hey, let's go go go! Get me the ball and let me slam it from this spot. 
And I think it just doesn't play to the benefit of, of Tata's scheme. That's, that's where I think Joseph is taking the cake in terms of keeping that position. And let's, let's not forget, too, that Joseph has a history with Tata, right? So Tata oh, trusts yes. Joseph in a way that yes. he may not trust Campana yet. yet. Well, yes. we, we, we always figured that Joseph would have the upper hand when it came to uh, starting once Tata kind of took over because we knew that that history was there. And it takes a while. And to the Campana front, I like Campana. But if we really, if we're honest, let's be honest. Campana, when has oh, he been? This guy, best? you're about to, you're about to crush everybody's soul in this chat room because everybody no, hates no. on on Joseph right now. Go ahead. I know, go ahead. I know. But when has Campana been best? There was a stretch of like ten games at the beginning of last season where Iguain got benched and we had no number ten, so it was basically Campana or bust for us. Right? It was every, play it into Campana because we have no other creators, and he was doing a good job creating for himself. Once Pozuelo came in, now granted, Campana was injured a lot for the second half of last year, but yes. did he ever have any link-up play or any good play with Pozuelo? Not really. At the beginning of this year, when Campana finally came back, did he really show us anything? No, everybody was saying, Campana is playing decent, but not great. So, and, and I fall into it also because I'm a Campana fan, but why? Like, what has he really done consistently for, for over that, outside of that 10-game span where we're like, Man, Campana's that guy. Obviously, everybody thought that because he got a DP spot. But has he really blown us out of the water? Not really. Iguain played that Iguain's second half was better than Campana's first half. And if you're looking at this year so far, Joseph has, has at least contributed more than Campana has. So am, am I wrong? What do you think, Chris? Listen, I I mean, the thing about it is, is that you have Iguain's last half was more recent than Campana's first half, right? So that's just a little bit more easy to remember. And the, the whole thing with Campana, listen, they signed him to a big deal and made him the face of the team. That like, lasted long. Yeah, I, well, I mean, but you can't take away from that. Like, he was I, Yes, something. I can. If you take away from that, then you don't have your your U22s and your U18s and your u 16s Well, that's why I always well, that's why I always knew that there was no way that they were going to get rid of him because if they got rid of him, that they since he's a U22 player as a DP, we got to keep the three U22s. That's why we kept him. But in reality, Listen, if he's not playing, how many DPs in the league are getting 10 to 15 minutes a game? Ooh, not I don't many. Know about this. I don't know about this comment here, Mike V. Look, Iguain and Campana are not the same exact player. I don't think so. That's a little wild. All I'm saying is, I'm not hating on Campana, but I'm just, I'm just making a point that for everybody to say Joseph's got to go because Campana needs to play. I want to see Campana play, but I mean, because I'm just curious, really, not because I expect to see anything great, because I haven't seen much. I saw those good ten first games. Wow. And then after that, he really has been off and on. Like, he hasn't been consistently good. And don't tell me that he has. If he was consistently good, he probably would have gotten on the field before Tataga came. So, yeah. all right. So, um, real, real quick, that last goal that Messi scored, Joe, when he was lining up for it, <laughs> did you have any doubt that it was going in? I wish I would have put down my fault because my wife and I stood up in front of the TV and she goes, we can't expect them to make everyone. I was like, no, we can't. But there's a chance. 
right? And I kind of wish I would have recorded it because that's when I got scratched by Wolverine with, with, with her nails. Let me, so what, what were you thinking when he lined up for that for that free kick? This is what I was thinking. All right, so Ariola is probably going to shoot first in the PKs, and we know Ferreira is going to shoot one, <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking, right? I was, I was, th- I was also thinking like, let's make it to PKs after this. I mean, come on. I gotta say, Siki and Sabaling, who came on and gave the foul that created the own goal free, the own goal opportunity, and I don't know if he also did the foul that led to the Messi goal. I know he did the the free kick that led to the Farfan own goal, and Sabaling gets like i don't know what it is but he is like quinone 2.0 in that he will do these fouls i'm like what are you doing you can't do a foul right there right now with that going on oh he had the um no he had the um the handball that's what it was he had the handball that set up the free kick yes and then he fouled that set up the messy kick that's what it was i'm I'm getting my my stats confused yeah robert robert taylor got uh yeah robert taylor got fouled on the other side to set up the messy kick yes right so that's so that's where it was and i just it it was very frustrating because you've got it yeah (laughs) always recording this that's a good right you can always delete it later if he doesn't score right so then you only get the bangers um but i would say (laughs) it's tough as a team, when you're in that situation, it's a packed house. It's hot. It's late. It's you're gonna you've got to put guys on that are gonna make the right call. I was kind of hoping we would see our new defensive mid signing, but I also knew it was probably not a great move to put him in, put in guys that you trust. But in Sabaling going in, I was like, so long as he doesn't foul anybody, we should be fine. Oh, here we go. Right. So yeah, I was just trying to figure out: can we make it through PKs? Is it possible? And no, it was not, but it was a good run, right? It was a good match. And I tell you show anybody that says MLS is not a good league. You just give them that match. They just watch that match. If you're not a fan by the end of the match, you don't have a pulse. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that's the game of the tournament at least, right? Outside of maybe that, that PK that went back and forth for like 20 shots. (laughs) I'm going to give, (laughs) I'm going to give you my opinion. Let me tell you, FC Dallas has gotten some brownie points from me because the game that they played against i mean this is the first time you're hosting the best player in the world on a team that is streaking on a on a tournament that messy fans in there oh my goodness i mean there were people selling messy jerseys outside the stadium (laughs) what are we doing what are you what what are you doing dallas like the whole all all the chips are stacked up against you guys and Do you not expect that from now on, like in every road game, though? Oh, I mean, you my will, God, but probably. In, in Dallas? In Dallas? Like, I'd expect, like, California. I'd expect, like, New York. Like, but come on, man. And the fa- I, Messi has fans everywhere, man. I mean, I get it. Yes, Messi. Yes, Danny. Yes, you are a thousand percent correct. Yes, Messi, fa- Messi has fans everywhere. Yes, you are. You're correct. Yes. But so why are you surprised? But like, come on, like FC Dallas. Well, just speaking about sorry, Joe, thing, but Dallas are fair. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're a Fairweather fan. So Dallas has no ah, get out of here. First of all, first of all, <laughs> FC Dallas had the best quarterback that wore a star since Troy Aikman watching the game. Okay. Oh, because oh, that Romo. Prescott yeah, really sucks. Up there. Yeah, of course, Romo, baby. Come on, baby. Mm. I was, hope that oh. seat was comfortable on his back. You know, I still feel he's still got those lingering <laughs> issues. <laughs> well, the, the point that I was trying to make, yeah. FC Dallas really impressed me. I thought that they played extremely well, extremely well. 
They pressured really, really well our defense. I mean, this is this is the best probably game. This is probably the best game that we're going to have this series against Miami. Yeah, I don't think that there's going to be another team that's going to play us as good as FC Dallas is. No, it it really felt so. I appreciate you saying that as as a Dallas fan as well, Chris. I appreciate you saying that because it did feel like I wanted Dallas to show up and show out in the way that I knew that they could. And we've not historically been a dirty team. We've had dirty players, right? Everybody does. We've had dirty games. It happens. But I felt like, look, we need to, we need to get, if we, if we win, and even if we don't win, we need to get the respect of the league by playing the way we can play to show people like, look, we went down, we went down without a, we went down with a fight, right? We put it all out on the line at the end of the day. You can't say anything bad, right? We left it all out there. It was what it was. Now, when you're hey, playing Houston, if Houston wins, that's going to be a different story for sure. Greetings, Alistair, from uh, Bangladesh. Yes, welcome. It's got to be the morning time over there, I'm assuming. Yes, it does uh, have to be morning time. Clara, uh, Clara was uh, commenting. I, I lost a comment already. She said that she watched Messi at PSG for two years and that it's felt like the World Cup, the first couple of MLS games that she's watched here because League One is crap. And I second and third that because I've been telling everybody, maybe not right now, maybe not in the next three, four years, but within the next 10 years, I'm sorry. I think MLS is going to be right, going up in the ranks and it's going to be one of the top leagues in the world. The people that are purists laugh at that, but the names that are going to start coming over here and that, this is a conversation for another day, right? But if everybody considers that French League One Cup like uh, a top league, I'm telling you, I've, I've watched that league. That league is it's, it's unbearable to watch. So if that's one of the ho- top leagues, I don't think that MLS is going to be far off in the next 10, 15 years I mean, to be one of the top leagues also. Look at the comment that CJC just made. Shout out to PSG for letting Messi train for the World Cup dub, though. I mean, this is true. Not, not only for that, but literally getting shopped over to MLS. So thank you, right. PSG. You guys so let, suck. Let's, Let's finish up with the with the game, and then we could talk about what's what's cut what's ahead. So, when it came to the PKs, I was kind of surprised that Messi let it off. I thought that he might be the fifth kicker. And I will tell you another thing. I was nervous because something that people criticize Messi for is that he has blown quite a bit of go, and I think he he converts like seventy five percent of them, right? So he's not horrible. But 75% means you're missing one out of four. So I was a little nervous because uh, I, I didn't want to see that that narrative out if he were to miss that, and then that would be the only one missed or something like that. But Messi nailed it, and then Busquets came and nailed his, and that's when your boy Paxton Pomico yep. came on and sailed it over the, the, the bar. At that point, I thought we were – in good shape did you have yeah. any hopes after that joe i mean you always got to have hope right that's why it's the beautiful game right just as much as it'll um lift you up it'll break your heart right in in seconds right so shout out to the u.s women's national team uh for also uh going out on pks earlier today whoa yeah. we don't have enough time to go into that um no, but no. yeah no when pomacall <laughs> missed it i was like i really think that's it right i mean it's going to be tough. And I will tell you, I'll tell you this though. Like you saw from the Dallas players, right? When, when it was over, Pomacall and Farfan definitely felt it and felt bad, but you did see from the Dallas team, like, look, 
All right, we did it. We had fun. It was a great match to be a part of. And I'm excited that, you know, we were able to kind of make a name for ourselves in this way. But yeah, no, once Pomacall missed, I was like, I think I think that's it. I don't think there's any magic left unless uh, it's messy magic, in which case that doesn't go for Dallas. Right. It goes the other way. But it was it was a uh, shout out. I mean, I, I honestly thought Kamal Miller uh, was a bit surprised to see him step up as well. I wasn't Ooh, I'll, really I'll, that was literally what I was about to bring up right now. I was, gonna, was anybody else surprised to see Kamal Miller there? First, he's making runs into the box. Now he's taking penalty kicks. Who is what, this what guy? are we doing here? What are we doing with Kyle I, Miller here? I wasn't surprised for it because I don't know if you remember, Danny, when we went to go see Inter Miami against Miami FC. The Miami Derby. Yes, the Miami Derby. He yeah. scored a, a, a he scored a, a a penalty kick in in the at the end. So that's the second time that he had to show his balls. Oh yeah, he, that was quite the celebration for sure. I wanna, yeah, the cojones. Real quick, there's a there's a guy uh, in in the chat, Morion, talking about being Argentinian. I will say, thank you for coming. Make sure to like and subscribe, Battered Herons, right? Continue to share it. And since you are Argentinian, Alan Velasco, FC Dallas, he balled out tonight. Give another Argentinian some love. Follow his career as well, right? If you're watching Miami because you got uh, MLS season pass, you can watch Dallas and watch Alan Velasco as well. So there you go. Yes. Somebody else from Bangladesh, uh, H. Muna, thank you for joining us from Bangladesh. It's Bangladesh going strong today. Yeah. All right. Um, so as you were saying, Velasco, you were telling me as we were talking, we were talking throughout the game, that he really he got big money last year, but hasn't necessarily lived up to it yet. Right. He came to play today. I think that this is going to be a constant theme for Inter-Miami I mean, until Messi leaves, yeah. everybody's going to get up to play into Miami because one, Messi's probably one of their idols. And two, they know the eyes of the world. Look at we, we got Bangladesh watching us right now. We, they know the eyes of the world are on them. So this is something that we need to be ready for because there's no cupcake games anymore. Even the worst of teams are going to play their butts off against us. And we need to be ready for that because it's going to be tough sledding from here on out because everybody's bringing their A game. Listen, I thought that I thought that Miller did pretty well this game. I thought that Miller, I think there was only one time that I think he might have slipped up, and I think it was on the on the first goal with the cross. I think that was probably the only play uh, that that he messed up on. So that that could have been on that. him or Gomez. Look, yeah, Diego Gomez. Been. I guess we we could talk uh, batter herons and Espanol. We're talking about it. I don't know. Listen, as uh, long as you don't, guys, uh, as long as you guys don't mind a little broken Spanish from my part, a couple <laughs> quebolas and a couple uh, pingas, then you're you're good with it. You know, it just All depends right, yeah, if you're so, willing to support that. So yeah, so we're, we're we're considering it. We don't know yet. Um, so I, I lost my train of thought when you hit us with with the pingas. Um, sorry, it's I told no, but you, you were talking. Coming. You were talking about right. We were talking about Kamal Miller and then Dan. Danny, Danny, you were talking about before that team stepping up, right? And there no be not being any easy games. I think. Yeah, so oh, Velasco, Diego Gomez, Diego yeah, Gomez. Yeah, Gomez. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Joe. So Diego Gomez, what I want to talk about. So Diego Gomez got the start, and that has me thinking two things. One, obviously, kind of weird that he got the start. He's only played what? How many minutes did he play last game? Like 20, 30 minutes. Um, I thought that there was weird. I'm I'm glad that they put. Ben Krem in. I thought Ben Krem did a great job. But that has me worried about when Farias comes in. 
because I think that Farias is going to come in. And just like Diego Gomez took Ben Krem's spot, I think Farias is going to take Robert Taylor's spot. I really do. And we said that it wouldn't happen because Robert Taylor's played so well. But now we have we need him to play well with Jordi Alba on that left side. And based off of today, we don't know if that's going to happen. And if he doesn't improve, I think Facundo Farias, or Farias, as they like to call him, is going to take his spot. And I'm not sure if I'm loving that because I want to see Robert Taylor on the pitch. Chris? Are you are you really ready for that? Are you really ready yeah. for, for Taylor to get his spot taken? Yeah. One game and we're already talking about Facundo taking his spot? Like... I was talking about the last game. I mean, last episode. And I don't like that. And I don't like that. Do you guys in the chat like that? Do you guys like that? Because I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of that, Danny. You can lead that march, but I don't like it. Well, Tank just said that, and I didn't hear this, but I said Tata said that Farias can play the nine as well. That I haven't seen. If that's the case, Campana's gone. Listen, we're not. No, we're not even going to talk about who Tank is. I'm never mentioning your name here, ever. Why? Even Why? if I share, even if I share his middle name, I'm not going to mention your name, Tank. Get out of here. Why? Get out of here. Okay. Talking about number wow. nine. So we're taking out Campana and we're taking out Taylor before we take out Sergey Kristoff. Get out of here. No, no. Kristoff is going to come off for Thomas Avilas. Facundo is a beast. All right, Fogundo is a beast attacker. Okay, let's 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 move on. All right, here. so back to the Diego Gomez. Diego Gomez looked a little lost today. I think I don't know if that was the 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 hole in the midfield today, but the midfield did look lost today. Yes, Dixon uh, Royal needs to stay back. Where Diego Gomez needs to stay back if Busquets is going to keep pushing up because Busquets is technically a defensive midfielder, but he doesn't play like that. He pushes up a lot, so we need that double pivot. We need somebody to stay back. And Arroyo and Gomez did not do that. Now, Gomez yeah. seems like he likes to play more like an eight than a six. He doesn't yes. stay back. He, he goes box to box. And I'll give it to him. His work rate is great. You'll see him on one side of the pitch, and then he'll be on the other side of the pitch, you know, defending. And he full of energy. That's great. But, you know, a, a lot of movement with uh, without any purpose doesn't really take you anywhere. So I don't know where that leaves Diego Gomez, especially since... Benjamin Kromoski did such a great job of changing the game once he got in. If Joe, from an outsider's perspective, on Friday, I think it's going to be Friday. It might be Saturday, but I think the game will be Friday. If on Friday we have our starting 11 announced, do you think Diego Gomez gets to start again from what you saw today? Or do you think Ben Krem gets to start? I think it's going to be tough because of the fact so I would I'll, I'll lead with my my thought and then I'll give you my my thoughts behind my thought after that. I think Ben Krim still comes on from the bench and I'm going to tell you why. If you're playing Houston, right? Houston's entire attack goes through Acho Acho, right? Like he's got the keys to Houston's attack, Hector Herrera, and he you know he's going to want to show up. And no offense to him intended, although a little cuz he's on Houston. Um, the old man can't go the whole time. So I think you let him go. You let him get gassed out. You bring Kramashi on and then you let him cook with a tired midfield, which is, I mean, unfortunately for Dallas, that's what you saw today. Right. Yeah. And Dallas not having any answers. I think eventually you get to a point where you start Kramashi, but right now 
if you're starting Messi, right, you're starting Gomez, you're starting these guys, I think you got to bring Kramashi on from the bench. If you rotate the lineup a bit, I could see starting uh, Kramashi, but I don't, I don't know that. I think you kind of leave things a little in place for right now, especially if you're going to be back at home, you got the home crowd back behind you again. That's a little bit of a different motivation. So that's, that's my thoughts. Now, if you're playing Charlotte, who knows, right? Like Charlotte feels like you reach your hand in a bag and you don't know what you're going to get. So. Uh, Miss well, Muse, you no, know, uh, the trans the transfer window has closed. So Sergio Ramos, I mean, my understanding is that it was never going to happen to begin with, but the transfer window is closed. So no more transfers this, in, this season. And instead of clicking that clickbait that you see on Twitter talking about Sergio Ramos going to enter Miami, guys, just like and subscribe, bro. Please do yourself a favor. That's okay. right. <laughs> All right. So, what, I mean, talking about that, Danny, I think that it's actually an advantage, like what Joe is saying, because, I mean, you're also bringing energetic and, like, hungry players on the pitch. So, like, Ben Krem and Campana, who are, like, starving for minutes, they're going to come on and they're going to give, like, a thousand percent just to show out in front of Tata, just to be able to get four extra minutes on the next game. So I, I agree with that too. I agree. All right. So I do think there needs you... to be some some careful tactical work with Alba and Taylor to get that combination right. Because if you get it right, it's going to be dynamite. But right now, it does look a little disjointed. It does. And I think that that's that's a, that's something that's getting overlooked. And I remember my wife was telling me this. It's like. Why is everybody expecting us to do so well when this team is being pieced together as the tournament goes on? And it's true because if you think about it, we got Messi and Busquets. Busquets literally arrived on a Sunday, started training on a Monday, and had his first game on a Friday. Messi had trained four or five days before that. And then we had Jordi Alba just randomly show up. Diego Gomez just randomly show up. Like this team is being put together as we go. So there needs to be some type of cohesion that happens throughout these games. And you're going to have these random speed bumps where you kind of look disjointed, kind of like today. Robert Taylor and Jordi Alba, how much have they really had a chance to kind of get that chemistry going to, to figure out this left side? Not much. So two things. One, it's unfair for us to expect so much from this team. Yes. Two, the fact that they keep winning, even though they're trying to figure it out, and they still have two more players on the way, kind of scary for the rest of the league also well and i think that just goes to show you the kind of talent that the team was has been able to acquire right so i obviously talent beats beats out you know the hard work that fc dollars put forth i mean you just can't you can't guard a guy like messi i mean you can only try to contain somebody like him but i mean at some point you're you're just not going to be able to get down busquets messi and jordi alba and to be able to, to take the game. I mean, they were close to it, but they just weren't able to get it done. So once this team, in reality, if this team would have lost, that's scary. To give them like three weeks to figure out how to play together instead of having it throughout each game in this League's Cup. Ugh. You know. I, I, I firmly think, like I true, like once Messi got going and showed up and showed that he's excited and he's happy to be playing here, right? A happy Messi is terrifying for everybody else. Yes. I, I firmly felt like uh, I could see Miami taking the League's Cup despite the league form, right? I could yeah. see Miami getting the League's Cup. And my take is that Miami's first loss is going to be a, 
once y'all return to league play. I think yeah. the the pressure hits different in a tournament versus the league, right? And I think sure. the league's going to take a couple weeks to really get momentum. But then I think momentum gets going. Y'all make the playoffs. I feel like that's y'all are going to be fine. But I do think returning to league, people are going to be like, whew, all right. We got League's Cup. We won that. We're good. Let's take a breath for a second. And then everybody else has had time to rest up and plan and look at game tape and then start to make well, their own plans for for okay. messy and let friends. Me, let me tell you how how lovely our schedule kind of looks. Let's say hypothetically we make the final four, right? Make the semifinals. Right. That means you're guaranteed a game on August 19th, right? Either the third place game to make the Champions Cup or the championship game to win the League's Cup. That's on August 19th. We have a game on August 20th against Charlotte, but that game's going to have to be moved. So we would technically play either a semifinal or a final game. I'm sorry, a third place game or a final game on League's Cup on August 19th. And then our next game would be August 23rd in Cincinnati in the semifinals of the Open Cup. Oh, that's right. That's, that's rough. Yeah, that, that's that been, is we, rough. Been, that's been pending for some time already. So... So those are those are two tough games, right? In a span of four days. And I've been asking Chris, so do we just run Messi and Busquets out there 90 minutes with a span of four days? Like I guess you do, but that's gonna be tough. And then not only do we have that game on the 23rd, but on the 26th, just three days later, we play against the Red Bulls. And that is in, I want to say in New Jersey. Yeah, but the thing is in New okay, Jersey. so that's another that's an, an away match. Okay. That's an away game, and and the Red Bulls are the most annoying team to play against with their stupid high press and their defense. Yep. Yeah, nobody are. scores on them. So we like, I hope you're right that we win this this title with the League's Cup because it's tough sledding right after this this tournament's over because you have no time to breathe. You got Cincinnati in Cincinnati, and then you have the Red Bulls in New Jersey, which are two tough games, and you need that New Jersey game. Because you, you you want to still make the playoffs and you only got twelve games left. That's right. That's I, right. And let's not forget Cincinnati. Right, started out the season strong. On supporter fire. shield leaders, like they they're I mean, they're still a supporter they're a better team leaders. than Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're technically the best team in the league when you go just based off the of points. Yep. All right. So going off of what's left. What team scares you the most out of the teams left here? If I guess I'll ask Chris first, and then I'll ask Joe. Chris, are there any teams here that puts fear in your heart when it comes to to seeing them on the way to the finals? Well, LAFC, all, all LAFC always puts fear in my heart, but Nashville is a sleeper. Nashville is a sleeper team, man. Well, if we were to play LAFC or Nashville, it would be on the road. Any team that's in black and white yes. here, we would host. But any team that's in color, like Dallas is in color since we just beat them. We played them in Dallas. And we would play on the road. So on our side of the bracket, the only teams that we would have to travel to on our way to the final would be the Red Bulls or Philly. And they play yeah. each other. And well, then on the other side, LAFC, Minnesota, and Nashville. Philly is the only other team that kind of puts fear in my heart, at least on, on our side. So, and it's only because they have that stupid dupe dupe song and the go every time they score a goal. Like I love it. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. Like it's so unique, but it's like such a Hey Arnold kind of song. I don't know. Yes. 
<laughs> um, Joe, I, uh, who do you? Who would you fear if you were Miami? So I, I, I think anybody on this side of the bracket is beatable. Even even dupe, the dupe dupers. I think um, <laughs> you can you can get them. I gotta say, I I was in. I mentioned in the last episode, I was in Seattle. I went to the Sounders Monterey game. I tell you what, Monterey looks scary, and they didn't even look like they really got out of first gear. Um, fun fact: I was out and about walking. I ran into Funes Moray in the in the Pikes Whoa. Park, Pikes whatever it's called, that market. And I like looked. I'm like, is that Funes Moray? By the time I like processed, it was Funes Moray. He was like way too far away. But I was just like, this guy looks like way too like in shape and like designer sunglasses like who is this guy obviously he's not like a local yeah like washingtonian or or whatever right. right but but monterey i would say monterey or lafc because lafc put a whooping on who who did they beat toluca no maybe i'm getting that wrong but whoever they beat like it was bad and so i would say lafc or, or monterey yeah carlos vela plays for lafc Yes. Uh, Tank says Philly. Or look, I I feel the Red Bulls, and simply because I don't know how they do it, they could have absolutely nobody's on that roster, which they usually do, and they're always a tough out. Like their defense, they're they're. I don't know how they manage to press for like a hundred minutes a game, but they're a, a tough task, especially going up there to play. Um, and then like you said, LAFC, uh, and uh, America. America just historically just that, that that team, I would be yes. worried about playing them. So, and like you said, Monterrey, uh, I want to say they're at the top of the table or second top in table in the Liga MX in the regular season so far this year. So, those are the tough teams to to go. Um, all right, so I guess we're reaching an end here. Uh, Chris, anything changing in the starting eleven for Friday or Saturday? We're not sure yet. I think it's Friday. Uh, I would say. I think it's going to stay the same. I think I might, you might see some changes with, uh, well, I mean, you don't, you have Allen there, but Allen wasn't starting. Uh, oh, you're right. This is, this is Atlanta. My apologies. Yeah. This is, this is the, that well, was regardless. The two games that, was, ago. Yeah. that was, that was two games ago. But so Jordi, Al, let me, Jordi Alba on the left side. Do you think that, and just let me ask, ask you this question before I keep going. You think the team misses Ian Frey? Because I'll yes. tell you, I I, I kind of miss him watching this game because at least he has a little bit more speed than the other two center backs. I think it would have yes. been really nice to have him play, especially now. That's probably why he was, like, freaking so hurt internally when he got hurt that last that, that last game. That I, I think he would have been a big contributor to this team. I thought that um, I, I originally was saying that he would take Kamal Miller's spot, but after the last couple of games, seeing how Kamal Miller can link up with Busquets and just how he works the ball with his feet, I do think Kamal Miller is going to keep his his spot, and I think it's Christoph that's going to be off. And I thought it would be for Ian Frey, but it's going to be for Thomas Aviles. And with yeah. that said, I've been hearing that there's a possibility that they get added to the team, both him and Farias, this week. Now, does that mean that they're going to be available for Friday? I don't know. Yeah. It might be kind of like the Messi, Busquets, and Alba thing where they kind of debut with the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. But my understanding is that they might be um, for they might be uh, available. Somebody just got banned. I don't know what just happened. Um, I, I want to say All real right. quick, I saw somebody ask why Miami was not wearing their wagers. The, um, well, let's clarify something. It was 109 degrees in Texas today. Uh, Miami's away jerseys are black. Um, I don't think I need to say any more than than that. I know it was sundown, but but come on, no one wants to wear black jerseys in that kind of heat. 
Well, as a home field advantage, if I was Dallas, I would have made you wear black. I mean, true, but the you know, pink looks so good on Messi. I mean, come on. This is true, and it's also it's also messy. So Messi gets what he wants, right? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Joe, I think I already asked you, but I guess I'll ask you just one more time for confirmation. Starting eleven, Diego Gomez starts or Benja Kramaski? I think it's going to be Gomez again. I think Kram- okay. Kramashi. I think Ben Krem. You know, as uh, as Chris so lovingly puts it, I think he'll eventually start. I don't think it's going to be right now because I think Tata likes bringing him on and completely changing the momentum of the game with that high energy and additional option for someone like Alba or Messi to play into. Yeah, okay. I, can I agree with that. I, I, I think Diego Gomez, one, I think that he's going to start. And two, I think Tata might be one of those stuff people that kind of just wants to make things work. Until they just absolutely do not work. So yes. Uh, and then thank you, Jay, for wa- joining us from India. All right. Uh, and then I guess I'll ask Joe because Joe, you probably won't be with us for another a little while. Predictions for the League's Cup as far as Inter Miami goes, Open Cup since we have Cincinnati in the semifinal, and then playoffs and League's Cup. Just tell me overall your predictions for Inter Miami. We will bookmark this and we will make fun of you if you get it wrong. Oh, that's fine, right? I did. I will say, I didn't predict a Dallas win on the last game. I did predict a Miami win, so I did think there would be a lot of goals. I didn't think there'd be this many goals, but um, yeah, but still, right? Listen, listen, before you get into your prediction, I know that the tickets were overpriced, but I'm pretty sure everybody got their money's worth. Absolutely, I wish I would have paid, right? Maybe a couple extra hundred dollars to go in person because. Tell you what, I saw. I was there for Beckham's first match, and it was not. It was not this glorious, right? Oh, but it was a good match. What what was, what was going on with your supporter groups? They were complaining about the ticket prices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, real quick, so the supporter section is usually um, a pretty affordable uh, spot for people to buy tickets. I don't know if that's the forty five dollar price point, but it's kind of in that range. And then you've got supporters groups that have been there for some that have been there historically since the beginning, and others that have been a bit more uh, recent ish. Um, and so they always will buy the tickets and they'll always go and they'll have the horns. And I will say shout out to inner Miami because inner Miami fans made it possible for Dallas traveling fans to bring horns and, and a lot of other things that we're used to bringing when Dallas played in Miami earlier this season. So there's some good camaraderie there, but the supporters group couldn't afford to buy out the supporters section because they were priced out by by the the ticket price point unfortunately so people did what they could um to come and and still kind of um cobble together tickets to make sure there was enough of a supporters group that there historically is in that section um but it was still not what we like the noise was as good as it could be but it is not it's usually a lot louder from the supporters groups um in a regular season match but uh, you know that's the that's what it's going to happen so it's just kind of like you you know it and you adjust for it especially Um, a western conference team that might not see him again Right, exactly. Um, so predictions. I think Miami's gonna make the playoffs in the eighth place. That's my prediction. I think it's gonna be there's not enough games left to go really much higher than that. I don't think it's gonna be ninth place. I do think it's gonna be that eighth place spot. Uh open cup. Um, I think it's gonna be finals, and I think depending on the league's cup is gonna depend on the open cup. And what I mean by that is I think I think Miami's getting to the semifinals of the league's cup. If Miami wins the league's cup i don't think they win the open cup i think that's just too much like got to get up and get going for a big game back to back i think if miami don't make the league's cup final 
and or don't win, they're going to get the open cup because they're going to feel like we should have gotten a trophy. So let's get the right. next one. So I don't yeah, think you're yeah. getting both, but I think you're getting one or the other. And then I think the playoffs, it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot. Uh, well, and I think the ultimate goal is making Champions Cup for last next year. You yeah. need those international games. And, and you need to get, right, with the expanded Club World Cup, you got to get in the Champions League so you can win the Champions League, right? And yeah. then get one of those spots. Because you want to see Messi and Inter Miami playing mm -hmm. Barcelona in the Club World Cup. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to see that, right? So let's, let's make it happen. It. For sure. I, I, can I call this person, Miss Muse, thinks that we are not aware how good Messi is and why we're winning because of the three new players. I mean, oh, well, we, I, I think I mean, we I, talked I, I, think... I think we mentioned Messi more than 4,765 times. Yeah, no, I, I think everybody understands that Messi is definitely the reason we're winning. Like, that, that's not a question, but, um, Actually, I don't. I can't even imagine why they got that from because I don't think we've said anything in the contrary. So yeah, I guess I'll just may have been directed that. to someone at the comments. We could, we could maybe. always just assume it was to someone in the comments. So, um, which, which by somebody the way, asked, yes, my wife messaged us in our chat showing that it's on Friday. Okay. Yeah, so the game is actually going to be this confirmed. Friday. So, so confirmed yes. Friday, and it will be at I'll home for pink. those asking about the corner flag. Yes. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's it. Uh, anything else for the people? Joe, tell them one more time where they can find you. Yeah. So I'm going to put a link, the the Apple podcast link for the Miami Fusion podcast that I do. I just dropped it in the comments earlier and I just dropped it in there now. So I would really appreciate if you would go copy that, go subscribe, do a five star ratings. I know I, I'm not I don't have a like a shorter link for that. Right. But if you just go search Miami Fusion podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, you'll find it. It's the oral history of the first MLS club in in Miami, the Miami Fusion, which laid the groundwork for the incredible environment that we have now. Chris Henderson, right, sporting director of Inter Miami, was on the Miami Fusion. There's a lot of connective tissue. Ray Hudson was the coach of the Miami Fusion, so I would really support it. I, I like to do right preserving legacies of, of MLS teams in the past, so we can appreciate guys like Messi now and appreciate the guys that came before so uh yeah the show is called 25 for 25 story of the miami fusion from those who lived it and friday october 6th mickey byron's uh, irish pub in hollywood florida live podcast recording and um miami fusion reunion it's free to come uh you can check out at miami fusion pod on instagram and facebook or detox joe on twitter and you should find the eventbrite link uh, it's going to be a good time for sure you never know who's going to pop in Yep. And uh, and like, thank you, Tank. If you haven't followed Joe already, go do that. And like Tank said, please hit a like and subscribe button yes. if you uh, liked it. And if you didn't like it, still hit the like and subscribe. You know, whatever. Right. You could share right. it, right? Views yeah. or views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Chris. And by the way, the guy that thoughts? got blocked, the guy that got blocked is back. So Nacho Gamer, welcome back. Uh, don't worry. Yeah. We, Everything is we're okay. Not, yeah, we're not sure why you got blocked. It wasn't us. I'll tell you that. Cause, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, unless That's, it was Chris, because I, I I try to stay away from the comment section as much as possible. Uh, final thoughts, me, Chris. Listen, final thoughts is uh, I'm sorry that my internet went out. I'm still currently trying to steal my neighbor's Wi-Fi. I promise the next show will be better. I promise. That's a that's a promise written in stone. And this was a hell of a game, man. Man, it was game. a hell of a night. A hell of a. This yes. was a hell of a night, and if, if you are just watching MLS now, I mean, it's a competitive league. That I mean, we're, 
it's you're not gonna see Real Madrid versus Granada FC. I promise you. You're gonna it's competitive <laughs> soccer. I, it's it's fun, and I yes. mean, obviously with Messi, it's that much funner. So I we appreciate. The people that listen to us on audio all the way to the end, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. And for those of you that are in the comments, thank you as always for commenting. You guys are always as the best part of the shows, and that's why we have so much fun doing it. So thank you guys for that. And thank you, Joe, for joining us. Sorry that your team lost, but it was a fun game. And uh, I expect – does anybody have any doubt that we're winning this title? Because I feel like after the way we beat Cruz Azul and the way we came back today – I feel like it's almost like, okay, I see what's happening here. I see the Apple TV documentary. Like, I see it coming. So I, am I the only one that feels that way? Maybe maybe an LA fan, an LAFC, to be maybe. clear, not a Galaxy fan, but an LAFC <laughs> fan. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. All right. Uh, Chris, anything for the people before we head out? I'm sorry. I think I asked you that already, but I just lost my train of thought again. So I just repeated myself. It- it's okay. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for chiming in in the chat. You guys are amazing. And uh, and, uh, and thank you guys for actually subscribing. We we hit 700 subscribers just now, so we appreciate you guys for that. And um, I mean, I think that's, that, that's it. I, you know what? I wish I could keep talking because I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep for the next couple of hours because I'm so hyped about everything that I watched tonight. Messi is as good as advertised, if not better. And um, I'm just excited for Friday. I I will find out when the tickets are on sale because I haven't missed the game yet. And I I don't plan on missing one anytime soon. Again, thank you guys for listening. Like, subscribe. Like, subscribe, Joe's Miami Fusion podcast. And and I don't know why Chris is showing that Phil Neville shirt. Please never do that again. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. So until the next time, have a good one.